Welcome to the AFL Under-18 Championships edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for the best insight into the talent pathways across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. We're reviewing this week the first round of the championships for the 2019 season. Uh, We'll also preview the South Australian squad as they prepare to play their first game against Western Australia this weekend. To help me do that, as always, the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Peter Williams. I'm Matthew Cox, by the way. How are you, Pete? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to getting stuck into this and uh, checking out how, I guess, the Victorian teams have gone because there's a couple of different uh, results that, uh, I guess, at the start of the uh, champs you wouldn't have expected. Very different. Very mm. different. Michael Lavaro is also here to review those very different results. How are you, Michael? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Thank you for coming along. Uh, let's get straight into it. It was round one on the weekend, even though Vic Metro and Vic Country played a couple of weeks ago. That was the round two game brought forward. So round one officially got underway on the weekend. And in the first game on Saturday, it was WA getting over the top of Vic Metro, which means Metro now have two losses and are virtually done and dusted. The score in that game, the WA side, 12-14-86 to 10-9-69. Yeah, fantastic performance from the uh, the Sand Gropers on home turf, um, putting Metro effectively out of the champs. So really good effort. Um, and again, they sort of did, I guess, what, Vic Country did to Metro as well. When you don't give those real prime ball movers um, the space to move and and really damage you, then you know I guess the whole the whole show's done. That's it. And I guess Metro really left it to too few once again. So, um, but WA really consistent across the board. The likes of Devin Robertson f- through midfield and Riley Garcia both had um, a good amount of ball and won seven clearances each. Trent Rivers was really strong, twenty two disposals and a goal. Um, Excitement Machine, uh, Liam Henry, the Fremantle NGA member, scored three. And then you look at Luke Jackson in the ruck, who won the ruck battle that we were talking about against Nick Bryan. He got 12 disposals, six clearances, but 35 hitouts and a goal. So, um, yeah, obviously a really good performance there and puts his hand up really as probably the standalone best ruck now, you'd think. Um, and then on, on the Metro side, you've obviously got Real, 24 disposals, eight clearances and a goal. Um, again, putting his hand up clear best and, um, yeah, looks really primed as a number one, I'd say. Um, and I know Peter would agree with me. A lot of others would too. Um, and then you look at down the list, Daniel Mott, um, equal with possessions with three hour, 24 disposals, eight clearances, doing pretty well in the middle and uh, looks to be winning a bit more of his own ball, which is good to see. Um, and then you look at Josh Worrell, who was a bit more up the up the ground, playing on that wing and half forward, 18 disposals, four goals. So really good to see him standing up. And I think he's one that's going to really rise up the board. Um, and then the likes of Trent Bianco sort of got his movement going a little bit more in this game with 17 disposals and a goal. But um, yeah, they were shut down again, Vic Metro, and um, a surprise to all of us, really. But um, look, I'm sure we'll get them, you'll be able at least to see him play a really good game once. There are flashes there, but um, yeah, so far there just hasn't been up to it against some pretty good opposition. So why? Because this was supposed to be the most talented, one of the most talented sides in the under-18 championships. It was the one that was had a lot of top-end talent. Mm. Why have they gone winless from their opening two games? I just don't think they've uh, necessarily brought the pressure that... Um the other teams have like I, I think we look too much on their the top end talent that 
Um, you knew what they were going to perform. And, and you can't knock the likes of Rowan Anderson. They've been terrific. Um, obviously, Mott stood up on, on this occasion. And, and they had some the last time Bergman and, and the like standing up. They just have too few each game. You've got the couple that you know are going to perform well, like Rowan Anderson. Um, and there's not much you can do to really stop them performing well. Um, but then the rest, uh, they're sort of rotating through. There's some that will play well one game, not so well the others. Where... Um, the likes of Vic Country and WA have players that will play certain roles and they know what they've got to do and they're going to do that. And they've just executed it better and, and they've got a bit more damaging uh, forward line. And that was sort of the the query I had on, on Metro at the start was whether or not they had the forward line to really do damage because we know uh, with Vic Country, if the ball hits the ground, then they have so many damaging little forwards there and... Um, WA are the similar. They don't rely on key forwards to kick their goals. Um, and then you can see someone like a Josh Worrell having to kick four goals um, going forward. Um, obviously, Dylan Williams not playing in the side would have hurt. Um, but, yeah, they sort of not having that... Um, the, the forward line isn't a massive strength of theirs. They've got talent down there, um, as we've seen. Like uh, They've got the Western Jets boys, like Cassas, played down there and Honey and, and whatnot. So they do have some talent, but... Obviously, their talents on the inside midfield with the the Rao and Anderson, and obviously Mott's a really good third addition there. Um, it didn't help that Luke Jackson played absolutely superb over Nick Bryan, and um, I know I've sort of rated Jackson as the number one ruck in, in, in the draft, and I know Bryan isn't too far behind, um, but Jackson's got the the runs on the board for me, um, and I think both will be terrific players, but certainly. That was a key one-on-one that was crucial to WA winning their fair share of the midfield, like we said through Robertson and Garcia and the like, um, because of what they, uh, because Jackson won the hitouts, they were able to get the ball out, and um, it was great to see. And WA, you know, are, are a real shot. I said last week that they won the 16, so uh, anything can happen. We do know sometimes they can drop off between 16 to 18, um, but they're a really good team, and you, you're going to have to play at your best to knock them off. Uh, and I think Vic Country versus Western Australia will be a terrific game because they're both built around a really strong team um, and and their uh, systems. So I think it'll be really interesting to see um, how they go going forward. Speaking of Vic Country, they had another strong performance and almost surprising uh, performance in my eyes. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer than what the final score was. 18-8, 116 Country defeating the Allies Two seven nineteen. Caleb Sarong and Lockie Ash again impressive for Vic Country. Yeah, no, no surprises there from those uh, couple of stars. Uh, Vic Country, look, from the first buzzer, basically, they just went bang and never really took the foot off the pedal. They systematically destroyed the Allies and it, it should not be 97 points in a championship game when you've got the best players across the country going head-to-head. Um, we thought they were good the week before. We questioned whether they could do it again. I thought they might win this game uh, after their last performance, but I don't think many of us saw it coming by this much because we thought that the Allies had enough about them on the inside and through the midfield that they could cause them trouble. Um, we did say that sort of the the keys for the key position players for the Allies might struggle a bit in defence, um, but. It was the Vic Country mediums and smalls that got the job done. You saw Cody Waitman kicked four, Caleb Sarong three, Mitch Martin three, Rantel got four to kick two, and they had individual ones as well. So um, they all chipped in, really helped out. Um, and then we said that allies, the, the strength was going to be their forward line. Well, 
if it doesn't get down there, they're, they're not going to be able to do much. They just kicked the two goals and two goals, seven at that. They were goalless at half time and just four behinds on the board and Vic Country were already up to 56 by that stage. So it was looking pretty ugly and credit to Vic Country. They played a perfect four quarter game and Lee Brown would be coming away with that pretty, pretty pleased with what he would have seen. Um, Sarong and Kemp, terrific. Um, Lachlan Ash and Riley Baldy had about 29 touches each. So they were superb. Um, Hayden Young, uh, Waitman and Jesse Clark, again, all solid. For the Allies, obviously, in that kind of loss, it's hard to point out too many um, top players. Mitch O'Neill, uh, Tom Green and Connor Buderick, the three you sort of expect. They um, played as well as you could expect in that kind of defeat. Um, Nick Murray um, was another one who sort of uh, they named in the best for his performance while Jackson Barling and Noah Cumberland were the two goal kickers. Um, and, yeah, look, it's it's it'll be bitterly disappointing for the Allies. And um, with that kind of loss, it's hard to sort of pick up percentage from there because you pretty much need to have a couple of 10-goal wins just to break even. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Look, I, I don't think any of us expected the Allies to take out the championship overall, but they should be more competitive. And I'd certainly expect them next game to they would be a lot more competitive than that one. Particularly, Michael, with the, the talent that we highlighted in the podcast last week that is out on the park and the midfield. It seems as though that was where it was the struggle came from. Have they got too many players in that midfield? Uh, probably not. I think that this was just a really bad matchup for the Allies as well. You look at the sort of strengths and weaknesses of both sides and the defence is definitely a strength for country. Um, whereas, you know, that, that forward line sort of had a few question marks over in the in the sort of, um, I guess, the tall department for Allies and Obviously, 2-7 sort of, you know, accounts for that. Um, and then you look at the best, you know, you've got Kemp, Ash and Clark, Young, all defenders, all named in the best. So um, there's that. And then, I mean, the the prime movers for Allies, I think, still played well. You look at Mitch O'Neill, Tom Green, they still sort of did their thing. Tom Green obviously won a, a lot of contested ball. Mitch O'Neill as well, Will Martin around the ground. But um, look, in terms of having too much, I don't think you can have too much. But... Um, yeah, I think this was just more a, a sort of a bad matchup between the teams. That saw the Allies come on the worst end of it. The side that had the bye was South Australia in round one of the 2019 Under-18 Championships, and we'll preview them next here on the Final Siren Podcast. This is the 2019 AFL Under-18 Championships edition. Thanks to Draft Central, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for comprehensive coverage of the championships. This is the 2019 AFL Under-18 Championships edition of the Final Siren Podcast, thanks to afl.draftcentral.com.au. We're previewing now the South Australian side, who will take to the field for the first time this weekend. What can we look forward to seeing from them? Yeah, I think this year the South Australian side are, are showing um, pretty good signs. They're not as strong as last year, but last year they were um, one of the strongest sides that have been a part of the championships, really. You saw Lukosius and Rankin and, uh, you know, Rosie and the, ho- the whole lot, like um, Valenti was another. There were so many that were through that list that were considered top-end prospects and players that genuinely were ones to watch. Um, this year they've got that top-end prospect again, 
Um, not quite as strong throughout the depth as they did last year, I think it's fair to say, but they've still got a lot of talent on their list. And, I mean, you've got the exciting types. Uh, if you look up forward, Kasiah Pickett, or Cosie Pickett as he's known, can play mid-forward. Um, Cameron Tahini, those two um, are probably two of the most exciting players you'll find. Um, and certainly inside 50, they're going to cause some serious headaches. Um, and I can't wait for them to play Vic Country um, with the amount of talent up the other end too. Um and you look across the field, if you look in defence, you've got Will Gould, who's one of their top prospects. Um, the other key position players, um, Carl Finlay, Dyson Hilda, will probably play that. Um, Finlay actually won the uh, MVP for South Australia at the 16s, which is interesting to note. So he won that ahead of um, the likes of Dylan Stevens, Jackson Mead, um, and, and the ones we already mentioned, uh, Tahini, who played quite well in that, uh, and Pickett. Um, and Gould, of course. Um, but uh, so they've got some talent in defence. Will Day's one to watch. Jed McEntee is another. Um, and then you move through the midfield. The midfields might be one of their weaker spots. They've got guys that will rotate through. But in terms of permanent midfielders, Stevens and Mead, um, Corey Durden's a bottom major to watch out for. Um, Harrison McGaw's another one. Um, that'll probably be like it's got the top end talent, but compared to some of the other side, perhaps it's a little bit weaker than um, some of the others. Um, but if you look at the forward line, um, Daniel Sladajevic, he's been terrific. He was terrific at the 16s. Um, I think he'll cause some teams serious headaches because of his size. He's quite a, um, a bigger body. Uh, and Oliver Grivel as well. Uh, and then you look around, as I said, apart from the Tahinis and Pickets, you've got Anzac Lotrowiak and uh, Josh Morris and Darnell Tucker, Brady Searle. Um, the list goes on. So they've got quite a bit of depth uh, up either end. Uh, and no doubt some of them will rotate through the midfield. Um, I know last year they uh, won the 16s. So they've got the 16s. The time, uh, obviously, they won last year's 18s. So there's going to be players that have played in, um, I guess, championship premierships, if you like, or title wins um, from both ends. So... Uh, I think they've got enough to know what the success is. And I think the game on the weekend when they do play um, WA will be a real good test to see just where they're at because I think WA are a team to beat. And um, I think that, yeah, they've got the depth up both ends. It's just that midfield and maybe the ruck area. They've got Josh Hart, Angus Rayner and Lachlan Burrows as uh, three of their rucks. And, yeah, I, I'm not quite your Luke Jackson or your Nick Bryan. Um, but obviously if they can, um, they're, they're taller, bigger bodies. They're more ready made. They're more, um, uh, I guess men size bodies that can take on the senior level, uh, experience against uh, skinnier rucks. So they can also take advantage there and they've got a few overages. And I mean, their big strength for South Australia is they've got 14 players over 190. And I think we'd said last week with WA, there's so many that were, under 70 kilos and if you've got your, your 190 plus um, 85 to 90 kilogram uh, guys running into your 175 180 and 70 kilogram kids you, you're going to win the contest more often than not so I think that'll be the the big advantage for South Australia they're ready made they're ready to go they don't have that many lighter players and those that are lighter are, are really nimble and, and quick and exciting like your pickets so, um, and not only that, they've got a lot of good talent for next year as well. So, um, I certainly think they'll be in that top group with the WA and, and Vic Country. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. 
Yeah, I mean, that sort of bottom edge talent that you touched on, obviously winning the under-16 champs last year. Corey Durden, I think, is one who's really going to play a key role through the midfield. Um, he's only 173 centimetres, 70 kilos, so he's pretty small, but absolute ball mag- uh, magnet and natural footballer. Uh, he's been doing really well for Central District so far this year. Um, you look at an interesting one in Taj Schofield, who obviously played um, his under-16 year with WA. Um, so he'll, he'll be another who can... He's sort of got that decent balance and um, might play through the midfield as well, even on the outside. Um, and then you've got a father-son in Luke Edwards, who's the same. He's a bit of a bigger body in the midfield, um, playing for Glenelg, obviously son of uh, Adelaide champion Tyson. And the last one I want to touch on is a bit of a, gr- a Brody Grundy type in the ruck, a real mobile ruck in Riley Tillythorpe. Um, absolute gun from what I saw. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Um, I know I've got a couple of types in, in that position that, uh, Peter touched on, but um, I think he's one to watch. Well, Brody Grundy comparison. Jeez, that's jumping yeah, a bit Yeah, it's a bit early. early. As a bottom ager too. Jeez. No I'll pressure t- on him. If, but yeah. if it comes off in a couple of years' yeah. time, we'll know where to come, Michael Lavaro. Sure. 199 and 96 as a bottom ager. Wow. Yeah, so he's pretty... He's just wait till next year, yeah. It's a uh, Henry Walsh comparison too, given his size and mm. stature as a bottom ager. There's a few tall ones coming through. There is, yeah. Uh, that's the South Australian squad. Let's jump straight into the preview of their game this weekend against Western Australia at Optus Stadium, kicking off at 11am. It is a curtain-raiser game ahead of the Frio-Port Adelaide game. After Western Australia's dominance last week against Vic Metro, they've got a little bit of form now coming in. South Australia playing their first game of the season. How do you see this one unfolding? Um, yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I think WA will get the points in this one. Um, just because under the same sort of theory as last week, they've sort of got such a great team across the board. There aren't too many holes. They don't have a great deal of key position talent up forward. They're relying on a lot of mediums to get the job done, but it works for them. Um, for South Australia, I think that they're going to have to break even in that midfield because WA's midfield's quite strong on the uh, contested side. And uh, where for uh, South Australia, they've got a lot of good rebounders out of defence. So if they can set up well, um, they can also prepare if WA win the rebounding um, or rebound out of defence. Where for South Australia, if they can get it forward and create a bit of havoc in there, they're very dangerous. So um, I think obviously it comes down to that midfield battle as it does with most games. Uh, I think a lot of, as Michael uh, alluded to, that a lot of their talent is also bottom age. So I think South Australia will be very strong for the next couple of years. Um, but I think WA's time, they, their bottom ages were really strong last year. And now that they're top ages, they can chuck some more in. I think that they're a team to watch this season. And I think when they played in their trial, I think it was basically a couple of points between them, one point between them. So they actually played quite a... Uh, tight games there were two games but um they were pretty close and um i think just the home ground advantage might help wa so i might go with uh, wa in this game yeah look i'm i'm gonna go same side as peter here um I think really their strength across the board. <laughs> you say that so enthusiastically. I'm, I'm really disappointed to, to have to agree with him. Um, I don't know what it's it almost is as if he point. knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think their strength across the board and that their sort of bigger bodies in the midfield um, will get them over the line here. That they've got a lot of excitement as well. I just think that they're they're better across the board. Maybe not better, but sort of will do better across the board. So I'm going with WA. 
And just because it seems the theme to do, I'll go with WA as well. The other game of round two has already been played. That was the Vic Micho and Vic Country game at the MCG a couple of weeks ago. And of course, Country defeated Metro in that game. The Allies have the bye for round two of the 2019 under-18 national championships for a full preview and review and scouting notes from the weekend match between WA and South Australia. You'll be able to find it on afl.draftcentral.com.au. You can also check out the social media sites at Draft Central Oz AUS on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all your content needs. Thank you very much to Peter Williams. Yeah, uh, really good to chat all things champs. Good on him. Uh, Michael Avaro. <laughs> Yep, really good to chat all things champs. <laughs> I'm Matthew Cox. Thanks very much for joining us here on the special edition of the AFL Under-18 National Championships for the final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. We'll be back next week to review round two and preview round three. Draft Central.